0: Hello. We live in a culture that is whipped, dipped and dyed in fear. We learn of fear and our culture uses it for business and entertainment. So what type of fear am I speaking of? This is the fear that the dictionary defines as an unpleasant apprehension caused by the awareness and anticipation of hurt, harm or danger. Now understand fear can be legitimate. You look both ways before crossing the busy the busy intersection. You are allergic to seafood. So yes, you ask what's in the party dip. However, if you become devoted to fear, it controls your life and can be, it can become then an ever-deepening, ever-widening pit. The worry and the dread that made you get a deadbolt lock to protect yourself from intruders now has increased to four deadbolt locks on the front and the back door and the bedroom doors, along with cameras in your living room and over your property. You worry about your family's safety, so now you can't sleep at night. The saying is, fear will take you where you don't want to go, keep you longer than when you want to stay, and cost you more than you can pay. I recently had my yearly health exam, which included a mammogram. Now, I just like getting mammograms because they are quite uncomfortable for me. A couple of days later, I received a report that they wished to repeat it because they had viewed some abnormality. During this time, Um, I was also going with my friend to her cancer therapy appointment. Now, everything was going well for my friend, but for me to receive a report that said the radiologist had saw something was unsettling, and to be truthful, made me a little bit angry. Not at the radiologist, but because rather I felt fear trying to attach to me. Now, the report noted that most of these radiologic findings were usually normal but they wanted to recheck with another mammogram. Now, part of my processing of this type of information is checking for doors. Now, a door is a place in my soul where the enemy can enter by right of sin. This is not possession. A Christian cannot be possessed by a demon. However, they can use doors as a way to harass, terrorize, and afflict you with sickness and disease. For example, a common door is unforgiveness, which can lead to their afflicting you with depressive thoughts and prompting you towards suicide. Now, there are other causes of breast cancer, but a door can be relationships with other females that contain long-standing unresolved antagonism, hostility, or bitterness. The left breast is related to close female family member uh, relationships, like mother-daughter. The right breast it's uh for other female associates or family members um sounds crazy a woman diagnosed with breast cancer reconciled with her daughter regarding a longstanding disagreement when she was told this returning for a recheck after their reconciliation her cancer doctor informed her that they could find no evidence of her previous cancer so anyway i reviewed my mental list and there were no issues Um, So my last process of this step was, uh, which probably should have been my first, I asked Father God, what was I dealing with and what do I do with the, the report? He didn't answer me that day, but early one morning, about three days later, he said, very matter of factly, it is nothing. That gave me peace, but I still had to weather the storm between the tests. For some people, that word would have been enough. However, I knew I needed uh, something to meditate on, so I asked the Father God for a promise. He gave me Luke 10:19 In the King James, it says, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall harm you. Thankful, I accepted his report as the truth of the situation, rather than the limbo that the test had left me in. But then came the part of standing on the promise and the word that i had received you see now i i'm in a soul battle this is bringing my will mind and emotions into alignment with what god had told me i love um second corinthians chapter 10 verses 4 and 5 and it says this we use god's mighty weapons not worldly weapons to knock down strongholds of human reasoning to destroy false arguments We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Um, I had to do this mentally and verbally with breast cancer advertisement, pharmaceutical ads, the memory of the radiology report, as well, I'm still taking my friend for her cancer treatments. See, those fiery darts are real. And standing against fear is a sole battle of thought, self arguments and imaginations. I was so encouraged by Second Timothy, one and seven in the Good News translation, because it says, for the spirit that God has given us does not make us timid. Instead, his spirit fills us with power, love and self control. Now I did confine in a friend, but I would strongly caution you, don't wear your test or your diagnosis. Everyone knowing your situation is not always helpful. The test day came, and it was even more painful than the last time. Now, I know sometimes the pathway can be difficult, um, but I want to encourage you and say this. It, this does not mean that you are going the wrong way or out of the will of God because something is difficult. Now, in the end, all the findings were normal, and it was like Father God said, it was nothing. Now, you may be thinking, what? That's nothing compared to what I got to deal with. Hmm. A battle is a battle, whether large or small. Victory or defeat depends on focus. Place your focus on Jesus and the word of God. Ask God how to wage, pray, and win your battle. But most importantly, know that you can be free from controlling fear for This is the will of God in Christ Jesus. I want to pray for you right quick. Father God, I thank you that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Help us to stand against our fear, to face it, O God. And then to stand in our faith in your word in us, to us, and for us, that we would obtain the victory that is ours against fear in Christ Jesus. Amen. Blessings. Hello and welcome to an episode of God's Healing Components. I read somewhere that about only 5% of Christians are healed instantaneously. The other 95%, if healed at all, will experience recovery through a process. In other words, it will be a journey. So, you pray and nothing happens. Do you give up? No. You recognize this as the first step in your process, acknowledging and looking to God for help. Now ask yourself these questions. Is your faith and trust in God? Do you have a scriptural promise that you're standing on? Do you believe he can completely heal you? Has your faith moved you to praise and thanksgiving? Do you have peace? Do you see your answer on the inside of you? If your answer to all of the above questions is yes, then hold your ground and don't give up. Wait on it. But now if you've answered no to any of my questions, remember that God only obligates himself to fulfill his word. Find a promise in scripture that resonates with you and walk it out. Start by planting it in your heart through prayer, meditation, and study. Many scriptures promise healing, restoration, and deliverance. There is a promise for every need. One of my favorite scriptural promises is 1 Peter 2.24. And it says this, he bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. The power of promise is that it is his word, God's word, but it must be heard and received just as you cannot drive a car you don't have you cannot believe what you have not heard. His promise of healing is the seed that must be planted in the heart and walk out. Next is preparation. You see, you have the seed, but the seed has to take root and grow in the prepared ground of your heart. Repent of your fear, unbelief, unforgiveness. Any secret thing that has or can block you from receiving God's promise of healing. Water the sea with meditation, praise, thanksgiving, prayer, and worship. For through these things you can gain strength and maintain and maintain and strengthen your relationship with Him. Revelation. Now Revelation is God's revealing His plan and His part in your part in the process. He can bring His light through people, dreams, visions, scripture, as well as speaking to you. Now, this is not an audible voice, although he can talk loud enough that you think it is. But it's a voice that you hear on the inside. This can be, These can be strategies or specific actions vital to his, for his plan to succeed. The next step that can make or break the manifestation of your promise, though, is administration. Will it be your way or God's way? This pathway is littered with skeletons of unfulfilled promises, aborted promises, um, never realized promises. I think of a story that I heard from one evangelist. He was went to the hospital make a, to visit a woman who had been diagnosed with cancer. While ministering to her, the Holy Spirit revealed to him that if this woman would forgive her husband, she could be healed. When this was revealed to her the woman flatly refused while rehearsing her husband's sin against her. The evangelist, realizing her, her refusal to forgive, prayed a quick prayer and left. Um, later, he was notified of her death. You see, administration involves the obedience to the pro- process which God wishes to use. It's also about maintaining your focus on the promise, which may mean distancing yourself from people, places, and things. However, it also includes practicing joy, laughing loud and often, um, sharing your testimony, acknowledging every victory, whether it's large or small. Finally, it is harvest. Mark chapter 4, verses 26 to 29, Jesus said this. This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up the seed, sprouts and grows, though he does not know why or how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the salt, then the head, then the full corner kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest is come. Now, many commentaries apply this parable to the return of Christ. However, I love this, par- this parable because it does illustrate the process. The sickle put to the grain is your receiving and acknowledged restoration in full faith, assurance, and expectation. The kingdom principle of faith is to believe it, receive it, before you see it or have it. Um, when you are in faith, peace rules your spirit, um, bringing confidence and possession of your healing before it appears naturally. The seed was planted, and as the parable says, it sprouts and grows unseen all by itself. The driving force of your process has been promise. Your preparation, um, his revelation, and your administration. The seed grows and produces the fruit of healing in your heart first and from there into your world. That is how you walk it out. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you that your promises are true and that you are faithful to perform your word. As we stand before you, Father, seeking your intervention in our several and different circumstances, lead us to your word, Father God. Lead us to your promises that tell us, oh God, that that thing is ours. And then help us to walk it out. In the name of Jesus, we ask these things. Amen. Blessings. Hello and welcome to an episode of God's Healing Components. I read somewhere that about only 5% of Christians are healed instantaneously. The other 95%, if healed at all, will experience recovery through a process. In other words, it will be a journey. So you pray and nothing happens. Do you give up? No. You recognize this as the first step in your process, acknowledging and looking to God for help. Now ask yourself these questions. Is your faith and trust in God? Do you have a scriptural promise that you're standing on? Do you believe he can completely heal you? Has your faith moved you to praise and thanksgiving? Do you have peace? Do you see your answer on the inside of you? If your answer to all of the above questions is yes, then hold your ground and don't give up. Wait on it. But now if you've answered no, To any of my questions, remember that God only obligates himself to fulfill his word. Find a promise in scripture that resonates with you and walk it out. Start by planting it in your heart through prayer, meditation, and study. Many scriptures promise healing, restoration, and deliverance. There is a promise for every need. One of my favorite scriptural promises is 1 Peter 2.24. And it says this, he bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. The power of promise is that it is his word, God's word. But it must be heard and received just as you cannot drive a car you don't have. You cannot believe what you have not heard. His promise of healing is the seed that must be planted in the heart and walked out. Next is preparation. You see, you have the seed, but the seed has to take root and grow in the prepared ground of your heart. Repent of your fear, unbelief, unforgiveness, any secret thing that has or can block you from receiving God's promise of healing. Water the seed with meditation, praise, thanksgiving, prayer, and worship. For through these things, you can gain strength and maintain and and strengthen your relationship with him. Revelation now revelation is God's revealing his plan and his part in your part in the process. He can bring his light through people, dreams, vision scripture as well as speaking to you. Now this is not an audible voice although he can talk loud enough that you think it is but it's a voice that you hear on the inside. this can be these can be strategies or specific actions vital to his for his plan to succeed. The next step that can make or break the manifestation of your promise though, is administration. Will it be your way or God's way? This pathway is littered with skeletons of unfulfilled promises, aborted promises, um, never realized promises. I think of a story that I heard from one evangelist. He was, went to the hospital a, to visit a woman who had been diagnosed with cancer. While ministering to her, the Holy Spirit revealed to him that if this woman would forgive her husband, she could be healed. When this was revealed to her, the woman flatly refused while rehearsing her husband's sin against her. The evangelist, realizing her her refusal to forgive, prayed a quick prayer and left. Um, Later, he was notified of her death. You see, administration involves the obedience to the process which God wishes to use. It's also about maintaining your focus on the promise, which may mean distancing yourself from people, places, and things. However, it also includes practicing joy, laughing loud and often, um, sharing your testimony, acknowledging every victory, whether it's large or small. Finally, it is harvest. Mark chapter 4, verses 26 to 29, Jesus said this. This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up the seed, sprouts and grows, though he does not know why or how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the salt, then the head, then the full corner kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest is come. Now, many commentaries apply this parable to the return of Christ. However, I love this this parable because it does illustrate the process. The sickle put to the grain is your receiving and acknowledging restoration in full faith, assurance, and expectation. The kingdom principle of faith is to believe it, receive it, before you see it or have it. Um, When you are in faith, peace rules your spirit. Um, bringing confidence and possession of your healing before it appears naturally. The seed was planted, and as the parable says, it sprouts and grows unseen all by itself. The driving force of your process has been his promise, your preparation, um, his revelation, and your administration. The seed grows and produces the fruit of healing in your heart first and from there into your world. That is how you walk it out. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you that your promises are true and that you are faithful to perform your word. As we stand before you, Father, seeking your intervention in our several and different circumstances, lead us to your word, Father God. Lead us to your promises that tell us, oh God, that that thing is ours. And then help us to walk it out. In the name of Jesus, we ask these things. Amen. Blessings.